This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Saturday Squeeze is your shortcut to being informed weekend style. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Claire, we've had a couple of weeks off. We've had nearly three weeks off, actually. Never happened before. It's really a nice time to rest. I feel so <laughs> rested. I really needed that break. So, yeah, I hope Squeezes too feel a bit recharged if you got a break. Yeah, and that was a big if because we know plenty of people yeah. don't get a break. But um, for those who did, we hope it was a good one like it was for us. Super keen to come back though, Claire. Super keen to to do this episode of Saturday Squeeze as always. Um, To kick off the year, we won't go too hard on the heavy news stuff, but there has been a bit around talking about, you know, obviously Prince Harry a lot this week and all of the royal drama around that. The death of Cardinal George Pell and all the opinions about Mm. how that should be treated. Um, For those in New South Wales, we're in the thick of a story about our Premier wearing a Nazi uniform to his 21st. How about it? It has been thick and fast for the first week of the year. We haven't been sport for content, that's for sure. That's true. There's also been lots of talk about drownings this summer, how dangerous our beaches have been. But there's been a couple of really amazing survival stories in our oceans and we're going to tell you about one of those today. I love that you found this story because it's just (laughs) the quirky little bit and a fascinating story. So let's go through that. We've also got a heap of recommendations, a couple of books. And Kate, I know that you didn't watch much telly in the last couple of weeks, uh, but plenty did. And if you've exhausted your streaming options, there's a new show that's about to drop uh, just in time for the Aussie Summer of Tennis. Yeah, it's going to be wall-to-wall tennis for the next couple of weeks. So we will be talking about the Australian Open and everything in and around it. First, Claire, though, the most clicked link out of the Squiz Today email this week was about Dare Iced Coffee or the lack thereof (laughs) in Albury, your hometown. My hometown. And I wish I could say that it brought together my two favourite things, Albury, of course, a favourite thing. Uh, Dare Iced Coffee. Iced Coffee in general, I'm not. Yeah, because you're not a tradie. No. Well, that's true. I I really (laughs) am not. It's a tradie only. If only I could do something actually useful. (laughs) So, look, to this saga, there was an IGA, an independent supermarket in the north of Aubrey uh, and there was a note on the fridge uh, and it said, this is the the announcement, uh, <laughs> dare milk not being delivered as the sole supply in Aubrey, there's a few caps in this message, yeah. uh, has had his feelings hurt. <laughs> and what really tickled me is the supplier's name is the Juicy Cow. Yep, you enjoyed that. I, I really know. did. Um, anyway, look, this got posted to social media and, of course, everyone wanted to know the backstory. Yeah, what's going on in Aubrey? Tell <laughs> us. What's happening? Where's the iced coffee? So the IGA owner is a guy named Gary Evans. He had a falling out with a juicy cow. Uh, (laughs) Lots of tradies would come in and want to buy the iced coffee. So he had to explain that it wasn't available. Uh, And, look, in the interest of balance, we should say the juicy cow hasn't put its side. No comment from the juicy cow. We don't don't know. Don't really know why. But the uh, provider of Dare Iced Coffee, Bega, has stepped in and has said that there will be iced coffee 
at that shop from next week, if you are wondering. I think a small portion of our audience might be curious. But yeah, if, you, if you're in the sort of zone of the Norris Park IGA, <laughs> you're going to be sorted out. You'll be okay. I'll put a link to that story in your episode notes. We hope all that makes sense. I think it does. Um, and certainly it was one of those things that went off on social media for us as well. So random. Lots of people wondering what's going on there. As for the most covered story of the week, as I sort of touched on, the release of Prince Harry's book, Spare. Have you read it? Are you going to read it? Oh, totally going to read it. Mm. And I'll be lining up probably to buy it this weekend. Mm. Oh, I might not have to line up. I no, don't think it's in that I much went into demand. Big W this weekend. It was everywhere. Was it? Oh, it's easy to get. Yeah, I'll yeah. be diving into it. Um, again, not so interested in the claims mm. and the sort of all of the really attention on what exactly he is saying. It's more sort of for me about how these things are rolled out. And it seems really clear that Harry and Meghan are just going all in on their new life in the United States. Yeah. And they're really generating a lot of support with all the TV they're doing, the Netflix series, this book, they seem to be really warmly received. One of the observations you made about it was uh, the difference in the two TV interviews that he's done, mm. one in the UK and one in the US. Mm. Um, the Stephen Colbert one, a mm. lot more, which is the US one, a lot more lighthearted. A lot more lighthearted, but really interesting that the crowd was cheering, mm. probably a handpicked crowd, yeah. uh, but it's a really positive conversation about him you know, speaking his truth, yeah. which is a very American sort of way of looking at it, I yeah. guess. Uh, when you, though, look at the ITV interview that he did, which is a British broadcaster, uh, he did that with a guy who's considered a bit of a mate of Harry's, a, a journalist there called Tom Bradby. Uh, it was a really tough interview. Mm. It was a lot tougher than I think many people expected and lots into that really sort of heartfelt stuff about why you're doing this to your family. Mm. Really interesting. But the American future for them seems to be pretty secured. I mean, either way you look at it, it's a huge success, this book. Huge. 1.4 million copies sold already. Yeah. 140 books have sold more than a million copies this century, so it's a huge success. Raging success. In the UK, it's the fastest selling non-fiction book ever. There you go. We'll leave you with that. <laughs> As I said, one of the saddest stories across the break was, of course, the prevalence of drownings this mm. summer, particularly along the coast. There was a story on 7.30 Report about it this week. There have been over 20 coastal drownings already this summer. Super, super high. Yeah, really high. And of course, lots of talk about what COVID has done to mm. the way that we train uh, our kids to be able to swim, but also adults being able to be really sort of safe in the water. Uh, lots of attention about those swimming lessons and the importance of being a strong swimmer. Laurie Lawrence is everywhere yeah. talking about it at the moment. Throw your kids in the pool, get them <laughs> swimming. That's, you know, his Isn't style. He, great? he is such a character. Yeah. What we want to talk about, though, is not that. Um, we want to talk about an amazing story of survival for people who might have missed this one. Set the scene for us, Claire. Okay, so this happened off the coast of Gladstone, which is about 500 kilometres north of Brisbane. Uh, there was a couple from Brizzy. They were on Northwest Island, which is like 75 kilometres off the coast in the sort of southern Great Barrier Reef. Mm. Uh, Really remote. Completely remote. Off the grid. No phone reception, no running water. Uh, it's a sort of DIY kind yeah, of you You've got to take everything to yeah. get there. It's pretty tough to get to. It looks absolutely amazing. Amazing. It looks like an island paradise. It is an island paradise. Mm. Um, I digress, though. That is not what we're here to talk about. This isn't a travel podcast. <laughs> but this couple were dropped off on the island on the 7th of January. They must have gone mm. paddleboarding sometime after that. They got caught by the tide, drifted out into the ocean, couldn't <laughs> get back to the island. No details yet on what they encountered, but they weren't found for three 
days. Yeah, and when they were found, they were treading water. They'd lost their paddle board mm. somewhere. Uh, it was dark when they were found, about 10 o'clock at night. Um, the only reason they were rescued was because a local fisherman heard them yelling. Yeah, he was going off to sleep on a fairly remote part of the yeah. coast itself and heard people yelling. Yeah, shone a torch. He was able to get them sort of into the boat and pull them out of the water. Yeah. Just amazing. Amazing story. Of course, I clicked on this story because it said, you know, couples stranded in shark-infested waters, which is actually true. It is true. A bit of a generalisation, but of course there are sharks there. We haven't heard from them yet about what happened. You're expecting a current affair special. Oh, someone stitched them up. Yeah, we'll see. But either way, cracking tale of survival and a lot of luck. Uh, Look, so much luck. So much luck. I hope we get to hear the full story from them at some point. (laughs) Claire, speaking of luck, there's my segue. We're going to need some luck next week. The Aussie Open starts and according to the draw, which was released this week, the Aussies are going to need some. Let's have a chat about that now. The Australian Open starts, as I said, next week, Monday. At the very top level, Rafael Nadal is the top seed in the men's draw. I thought Novak Djokovic was, but no. there you go. Okay, Rafa. Because remember he didn't get all those points out of stuff. last year. Yeah, because yeah, it was that year. Okay. For the women's, it's Iga Sviatek. Lots of commentary about how the women's draw is wide open, though, Claire, with the retirement, of course, of mm. Ash Barty, Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka's not playing. She's having a baby yep. like Ash Barty is. Yeah. It's a completely fresh field for the women. To back that up with a fun fact, Victoria Azarenka and Sophia Kennan are the only two active women's champions mm. playing in the Australian Open draw. I find it harder to watch the women's tennis because I don't have like a champion champion draw card to watch. And I think that that's the point of the Australian Open Right, we're going mm. to find someone that we can really go for. Go Isla Tomlanovic. Yeah, that's I think what I we'll say. talk about her yeah. in a minute. She's the Aussie, of course. But let's quickly have a chat about Novak Djokovic and Nick Kyrgios. It's been all about them. Yeah. So look, to start off with, if it's Djokovic, how weird would it have been coming through the border control yeah, to get yeah, into the country? Perhaps. I'd be looking over PTSD. my shoulder. Yeah. So when are they going to tap me <laughs> to come back into the small room again? Uh, but look, he's here. He and Nick Kyrgios played a warm-up game last night. We're recording this. On Friday, so we don't know what the result yeah. is. Uh, but that was in Melbourne. It sold out in less than an hour. I love Nick Kyrgios's quote. This is what he said. Wow, Nick Kyrgios is bad for the sport. Wow, what a disgrace. A national embarrassment. How dare he sell out another stadium? The arrogance. The sarcasm. The sarcasm. <laughs> Champ, if, if there's a trophy to be won, the sarcasm trophy is his. Oh, look, it's going to be a really interesting summer. Nick Kyrgios says that he's got a chance of winning the Australian you Open. You said that too, Claire. I sure did. That was my prediction yeah. uh, for the Year Ahead podcast that he's going to win the Aussie Open. Well, we will see. I hope you're right. I'd love that to happen. Alex Demonor, of course, is in there too. Uh, As for the women, as we sort of briefly touched on, Australia's hopes are really on Isla Tomlanovic. She had her best ever season last year. She was the person who beat Serena Williams at the US Open, which made it Serena Williams' last match. Yeah, she got a lot of good press out of that too, Tomlanovic. Uh, It really put her on the world stage. It was an intense focus and a lot of people would have been seeing her for the first time. And there were plenty of articles after that saying how well she spoke afterwards about a really surreal experience. Yeah, although um, that is where the commentary is around the draw being really tough for her. So Mm. we'll see how she goes. We're getting excited. Can you tell? Oh, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> We're all in for the tennis. Um, if you're wondering about the special case, Kyrgios and Thanasi Kokonakis, they, of course, won the Australian Open last year. They're registered to play. Yeah. But... 
Kyrgios has not fully committed. Well, he's sort of maybe he's got some injury worries. It's all a bit of a question. He's going to win the singles. So he's focused fine. on the singles. <laughs> Claire's been in his ear. <laughs> don't waste your don't waste your energy <laughs> exactly. on the doubles. Um, there's one other thing you wanted to point out for next week, Claire. Yeah, it's Dolly Parton's 77th birthday. That's on Thursday. I hope that she has a really happy birthday. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> on to our recommendations. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Superannuation can sometimes feel like just another overwhelming life admin chore. But as a member of Aware Super, you'll have access to lots of free online tools to help you, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you might need for retirement and comes with an easy to understand plan of how to get there. Read the PDFs and TMD at aware.com.au. Squeeze recommends this week more Tennis Claire. The Netflix series Breakpoint drops today. Yeah, so it's modelled on the success that Netflix had with that F1 series drive to survive. Uh, It's a look at the backroom sort of people, uh, all of the players that are really sort of on the circuit trying to make it work and it's a focus on who's trying to become the next Roger Federer or Serena Williams and I can't wait to see it. Interesting they've dropped it just before the tennis so people have to choose. Do you want to watch that or do you want to watch the tennis itself? Because you're streaming, it's on demand. Too much tennis is, is not enough. That's true. You can report back on whether you enjoyed it next week. I'll be watching that as well. Um, Just while we're still on watching, I got into Yellowstone, as many people did, and then I kind of fell out of it a little bit at the end of the last couple of seasons. Did you kind of binge too much at once? Uh, I just kind of the storyline lost me, but... Right. People have been saying to me, you have to watch the prequel series, 1883, yep. and there's heaps of promotion out at the moment about 1923, which is the other yes. one that's out, Helen Mirren. Um, so 1923 is the Helen Mirren. 1923 is the Helen Mirren. 1883 yep. is Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, ah, Sam Elliott. Okay. So that came out. I think probably a year or so ago. I'm watching that one and then I'll watch 1923 okay, got and it. they're very, very good. Got it. Is the point. Haven't got into Yellowstone at all. Oh. Everyone keeps telling me that it's amazing. It's not that I've avoided it. I just haven't got to it. So, yeah, I'll have that on the list this year. I don't know a whole lot about American history and I'm learning a lot. Right. Um, so it's one of those ones that you Are you fact-checking as you go? Fact-checking as I go, which I love, as you know. Yes. If you enjoy just sitting down and watching something straight, probably not for you. <laughs> if you like Googling along as you go, it's great. Yeah, good one. Um, something to read though. We had a few book recommendations from the team. There was one that came out on top though. Yeah, the one that came out for the team was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Mm. It was everywhere when I went to Hawaii. Remember my Hawaiian trip? Oh, yeah. Back seems in like forever ago. Yeah. It was everywhere and it seems that in the bookstores this year too it had a really good sort of summer sell. So, yeah, it's it's recommended on all of the good reputable lists. Yeah. So the team really enjoyed it. That's Debut one. novel at age 66. How cool is that? It's such a great story. It's, she's she's got yeah. a great story, Bonnie Garmus, and um, absolutely I will read it. Neither of us have read it yet, but <laughs> we have on good good authority that it is excellent. And everyone I asked about it said, yeah, it was great. Loved yeah, it. Really Very good book. Um, buying? So I didn't do much buying this summer. Normally over mm. that sort of bit of a break, I'll get onto the websites and have a look at the sales and top up on a few things. Didn't buy a thing, but Kate, you tell me that there's one thing. <laughs> I'm like itching to tell you about my thing. I know. <laughs> 
over to you. Well, I didn't do much buying, but every year um, my dad, he has four daughters and he gives us something very practical for Christmas. Neil. Neil, yeah, it gives us something Legend. very practical for Christmas. And this year it was a toothpaste squeezer. I don't know where it's been all my life. It's a toothpaste pusher-upper is the best way to describe it. I feel like it should be something everyone has in their bathroom, but I don't think it is because I sort of did a bit a bit of a whip around the office and asked if people own one and no. I love that you've been talking to people about this. Oh, it's so good. So you put the toothpaste <laughs> in it and then you don't need to worry about trying to squeeze toothpaste out or anything. It's it's a device that does it all itself. It's like $5. It's brilliant. Can't can't recommend it highly enough. We'll put a link in your episode notes. I love how random it is, but also it seems so essential at the same time and can't believe I don't have one. It's so useful. So good. Collapsible buckets, also another good oh. one he gave us one year. Well done, Neil. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's good on that. So that's our recommendation for this first Saturday squeeze back in 2023. <laughs> on to Squeeze Press. <laughs> Squiz Press, Claire, very quickly, we're hiring. And hiring really quickly, so we're galloping because <laughs> we need people. <laughs> so, now. <laughs> Siobhan, of course, um, is pregnant. She's heading off on uh, parental leave very soon, so we're going like the clappers to try and find someone to join the content team. Yep. Uh, if you're a news writer, whether you've worked in comms or you're a journalist or something and interested in joining the team, we'd love someone with a bit of podcasting experience. Mm. But, Kate, you and I didn't have any experience when we started and I think we're promising. Yeah, I'm promising podcasters. Yeah, we've got so. potential. Yeah. So, look, anyone that thinks if they love our stuff, just give it a try. Yeah. Put your hand up. Send us some an email to hello at thesquiz.com.au and love to talk to you. On the other end of the spectrum, we're also looking for a sales lead. Yeah. Uh, we have someone else going on mat leave. As I think you said in an earlier podcast, we're highly fertile here at The Squiz. Um, <laughs> Seems to be. So we do have a sales job going as well. Both of those job ads are up on our website, thesquiz.com.au. There's a link in your episode notes. We're keen to hear from anyone and everyone that likes what we do. Um, the best people we've hired are people that love The Squiz. For sure. So that's um, a huge tick if that's the case. That's all from us in this episode of Saturday Squeeze, Claire. Anything else? Final words? No, I'm good. All good. We'll chat to you next week. (laughs) G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is like, you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress, yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price. People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.